podcast, where I believe we can dislodge doubt through engagement, uncovering inherent value. I'm your host, Jeremy Moore, a guide on our journey to help get a few things done, convinced the second best time to start is today. jobs are more difficult than they need to be because the right tool is not applied. So take note of the research others have done and shared here in this podcast and steal shamelessly. You can save time and energy with this list of helpful tools and consider your research already started. So this episode will be about podcasts, books, blogs, people. Part of the journey that we're going to take together will include highlighting people and content and again i'm trying to connect do some connection in my own brain to things i've used to um i've learned and people i'm learning from but also connecting everybody to other people from those people we can get encouragement we can get empathy accountability from the content we can get tips and tricks and knowledge some productivity Some of them can be fun, interesting, and entertaining. I want to share these helpful resources that I've been going back to, or I've seen a pattern with other people noticing and recommending those same tools. There'll be episodes with people that I interview, that I get a lot done and I get inspired by, and those people have inspired others. They have a skill set I can learn from, and I will probably find their insight as free consulting on practices I can incorporate to get better myself. I plan to use some of these episodes to to riff on information like today. I don't know how long today's episode will go, but I'll try to highlight some tools that I've found useful. I may be riffing on current podcasts that I'm listening to in other weeks. So we're all made differently. So every suggestion I make with these tools may not work for you, but if there are any nuggets you can grab today, take them. This may be the second time you're hearing about a book or a methodology or somebody, and for some reason it caught your attention before. So let's jump into some of these tools. God gave us a lot of great tools, whether it's the Ten Commandments, the Greatest Commandment, the Golden Rule, Jesus taught us how to take communion. God gave us the treasured covenant of marriage. He taught us a lot about the value of community, the value of family. Christ told us about how to treat money well. Another person I mentioned in the first podcast was Donald Miller. So I'm going to cite a few of these podcasts and highlight some of the tools I took from them. So early on, when Donald Miller started this back in, it must have been 2017 or 16, he talked to Roy Vaden. Roy Vaden highlighted the XY Matrix, that seven habits of highly effective people, um, that that group identified with the, the matrix of importance and urgency. 
So a lot of people work on the urgent things. And sometimes that's important. Sometimes something's urgent, you have to address it immediately. But you need to be conscious of that so that you can also work on the important things and not let just the the urgent emails take away from that time you spend on the important. What Rory Vaden did was took that and then added a third dynamic to it and added significance. So significance is different than importance because urgency is more about how soon you can do it. Importance is how much it matters. And then significance is like how long it matters. So it's significant for me to spend time with Amy because I'm investing in my marriage for years. So that's what Roy Vaden saw as a commonality between these ultra performers. They had a keen awareness of urgent, important significance. And they use that filter sometimes to to create a, a not-to-do list. So you've got your to-do list, but it's important to, to know what you need to take off your list. It was funny. I was looking back through the podcast to try to find this episode that talked about, I thought it was about delegation. So I searched for delegate and he, he talks about that in his, his, one of his books. It was the second book that he was talking about. And his first one was talking about take the stairs about, I think it was about procrastinating on purpose. This one talked about what you can do to leverage your time better, whether it's automate or delegate. When you delegate, you're giving permission for something to be imperfect because you're not doing it. So you're allowing that control and you'll find out eventually they're probably that that other person can probably do it better than you. When you automate, you can invest time for return later. So the tip that he gave was to, if you do something daily, if it takes you a minute, he encouraged you to invest 30 times that amount of time to automate it. So if you can set up a system to automate that activity that takes you a minute a day, if you, if, you can, if you can automate it in 30 minutes, automate it. If it takes you five minutes a day and you can automate it in two hours, 30 minutes, so 150 minutes, that investment is worth it to automate it. thought that was very helpful. I like math. I like some A plus B equals C. So there's some black and white. I thought that was very helpful as a filter to figure out what you should automate or even delegate. So if it takes you two and a half hours to, to delegate it to somebody and teach them how to do it, that's a way to, to automate it. So that was episode 14 of Story Brand, Building a Story Brand. The next podcast I found really useful was Donald Miller's episode number 25. It talked about a productivity schedule. I filled it out for years. I still use it, and it's not available anymore. But if you tweet me at Miller. I will get you access to it. But he's also launching a, a workshop called Here on a Mission, and it goes deeper into explaining this productivity schedule. Because at the bottom, it talks about a life theme, and I really never knew how to fill that out. But in this, this workshop, he goes into how to incorporate your 10-year vision, 5-year vision, 1-year vision, and how that all has a, a centralized theme, and that can then be translated down to your life theme. That's a little bit about the productivity schedule, but it gives you three projects to work on that day. And then it gives you a section for 
your to-do list that isn't one of those major projects that are helping you achieve some of those goals you have for whether that's that next year. And then you've got a section for all your appointments. And then there's some other sections about what would you repeat today if you had to do today over again. I think that's significant. I normally write down, I would say to Amy and Wilma, I'd love them and kiss and hug them. If I was to live today again, I would want to do that over and over. So Donald Miller sees that that usually relates back to, to relationships. The next one that I found significant was podcast number 86. It was Todd Herman. He trains different athletes and he had some Olympic athletes on as clients when he inter- when he did this podcast with Donald Miller. So that must have been back in 2016. The The big thing I got out of there was how to set goals. He encouraged people to set 90-day goals. And the big reason that is, is because people can see themselves in 90 days as that, as, as themselves. If you forecasted out a year, you're starting to see that as somebody else. So you don't see that person as yourself. So you start to lose connection and those actions you're taking now don't seem as relevant. Number 141 was with Sean Webb was all about hacking happiness. The big thing I pulled out of that, I pulled a lot of things out of that, I listened to that podcast multiple times, was creating a self-map. Everybody has a self-map, and I found it interesting that things we like, we infer that almost onto our self-map. So when we see some threat to that or maybe even that thing experiences a, a, a win or whatever with a sports team, feel happiness for that. Or if, again, if our significant other is threatened, we get threatened because that's an extension of ourselves. So I thought that was an incredible way to, to view things and things that happen subconsciously that I'm not even aware of. But now that I can see that, it helps me um, just understand my emotions better. And that's what he gets into, how you can hack that. I think the example he gave, and I encourage everybody to go listen to this episode, number 141, was if we saw ourselves as a a leaf, we wouldn't necessarily see a a bee as, as threatening, but we would see like a grasshopper or a locust that that eats leaves. So it, it makes sense that first we need to identify, is that thing a threat before we see, is that, is that going to threaten us? Number 116 was Profit First by Mike McClowitz. Very helpful on setting up a business. He encourages small businesses to set up five bank accounts. First one would be income. All of your income comes into that account. Then it gets split up into four different accounts. One would be operating expense. One would be owner's comp. The next one would be tax. And the next one would be profit. So you're going to send that money out to those different accounts initially. A lot of companies and small business owners will pay themselves last after they pay expenses. But if you put away the profit first, the tax first, the owner's comp, 
and the operating expenses. If you divide it up first, then you separate it and will, by default, take those amounts. And then I liked the the initial um, amounts and, and guidelines he gave. So for a company, and again, this is in a book called Profit First, for the smaller companies, you can break it down to a certain revenue. So if you're under, let's say, $250,000 a year, he recommends owner's comp be 50%, and then operating expense be, let's say, 35%, tax set aside 10%, and then profit 5%. And the tax for 10% seems reasonable. A lot of companies are taxed at a higher percentage than 10%, but after you take out expenses, that real tax amount, it probably comes into around 10% if, it, if, if that. So it could be less, and then you would be able to take that amount you save for tax and dump it back into the company. All right, the final podcast that I've found really useful for productivity and getting things done is Story Brand episode 216, and it was on Focus. It was just recently. It was very helpful to see why people aren't as productive as they want to be. And one was around focus on people who do get distracted, especially in today's world where you have Facebook to check and Twitter and email and other distractions with your phone, text, set aside however much time you want to work on something. Don't get frustrated if you do, if your mind wanders or you want to check something. This author was recommending you take a timer when you think of something, hey, I want to check Facebook, set a timer for for 10 minutes and just think through that. Hey, why do I need to check Facebook? As you think through that, if after 10 minutes you still have this urge that you have to go check Facebook, go do it, but by that time that 10 minutes is up, usually that desire is gone and then you've gotten back to work. So... That's the some of the tools I've I found really useful from StoryBrands. The next one is from Seth Godin and Akimbo. I don't have any episodes to necessarily cite, except when he was interviewed by Brian Koppelman, we talked about it on the first podcast. That was back in 2014, I believe. Yep, where he talked about blogging every day. That's had an impact on me, and I'm not blogging, but I'm going to try to podcast occasionally and express my creativity and have an opinion on stuff. His book, Lynchpin, was very good. I haven't read The Purple Cow or Tribes, but I've gotten a lot of the, the concepts from those. He talks about the lizard brain and Lynchpin. He That's also similar to what, what Sean um, talks about in that Mind Hacking Happiness I remember one of my favorite movies, The Gladiator. Russell Crowe was was challenged to say, hey, how are you not fearful? And I remember him saying, he is fearful. The only way to get rid of fear is to cut off your head. So it was, what do you want to call it? Profound. I've heard other people talk about fear. Some people say punch fear in the face. Just, But then I think a more reasonable thing is let fear ride in the backseat. Say, hey you're not going to drive today. Thanks for your input. Make Thanks for making me aware of that. But I'm going to drive this bus today. A random thing I wrote down was 
whether it was a podcast from Debbie Milkman, who I think is an advertising person, or Krista Trippett, talked about enjoying things to to satisfaction. And that would be an encouragement for you to enjoy things to satisfaction rather than to enjoy things to pleasure. The thing that first comes to my mind is food. If we eat something, eat to satisfaction, that would allow you to, I think, have more control of your proportions and if you're trying for pleasure who's going to be ever pleased so the next set of podcasts was by andy stanley there he doesn't number his podcast but in may of 2014 so may 2nd he was talking with clay scroggins clay worked for andy stanley at north point and talked about how to lead well when you're not in control I've found that useful ever since hearing that. So the big key is how to lead yourself well, because you are able to, you are a leader of your own self. One way to be a great, one way to lead yourself well is to be a great follower. So you're helping others win. Also a great follower is always learning. They are acting more as an owner rather than employee. I like the example that Andy gives when he walks down the hallway at North Point, whole pickup trash, because, again, he sees that that facility as his. He he owns it rather than just working there. So whole, and then those that are walking with him have found out that he he tends to do that, so they'll they'll start picking things up too. One thing a, a follower can sort of burden their leader with, they've already got, their leader already has enough to do is to say, hey, what do I can what can I do for you? That's almost like put another thing on the leader's plate. This is something from probably another episode, but Andy Stanley recommends leaders lead. So hopefully you formed a a strong team underneath of you and a lot of probably strong leaders. If you stop leading somebody's going to lead. So one of those people is going to step up into that, that role of leader. So he encourages the leader to, to recognize that and continue to, to lead. And Donald Miller would say the, the point of the, the leader is to every day say, Hey, we're going over there. We're going that direction. This is where we're going. That's their main job is just to, to point people where they should be heading. Entree leadership, the, the podcast, some of the first episodes like most of these podcasts are all about starting with the defining vision, mission, goals. And that's what Dave Ramsey did with some of his early podcast. I liked it that he talked about how a, a dream is more undefined. A vision starts to sort of make it more actual. And then a mission puts some action to it. And then some goals are usually time-bound, measurable. We talked about in the first podcast about how total money makeover had a lot of impact on me. I never went deck and did the research, but I could get most of the steps. So let's see. Step one of the baby steps was to save $1,000. Step two was to, to pay off your smallest balance of your debt first, and then that would snowball where you'd then knock off the the next biggest debt so you wouldn't 
check off the highest interest rate first. You would just check up, check off the, the smallest balance, and that helps you gain momentum. The third step, I believe, was to build an emergency fund of six months of expenses. And then fourth, I wrote down, is to save 15% of your income for retirement. And then I didn't have like five and six, but then eventually it's to to pay off your mortgage. And then I think maybe the final baby step is to, to, to give generously. Similar to what we talked about on the Andy Stanley podcast, one way to, to throw a monkey on your leader's desk is to come in with a problem and just say, hey, we got a problem. All you've done there is thrown that monkey off your back onto your leader's desk. One way to solve that is to come with a solution. And your leader may not say, oh, that's a great solution. But at that point, you can then go back and forth to say, hey, I thought this would be a solution to that. What do you think? That is entree leadership. Some more random things. As a triathlete, I've gotten some good tips from a, a triathlete in Toledo named Scott Savage. And then I think it was Scott, maybe it was Brian. When you're doing an endurance race, am I doing what I need to right now? Whether it's go faster, slow down, eat. And that's what I learned from Slow Twitch. I think it was probably Scott Molina, one of the classic endurance guys recommended you eat so one of these iron man events eat when you feel good which was sort of counterintuitive to me i figured you should go faster when you're feeling good but when you're feeling bad you're not going to want to eat at all and a lot of these endurance events are more of a of an eating contest whoever can continue to eat will thrive and and probably perform the best and then they'll they'll be able to definitely outlast others that when their stomachs is shut down they're they're done with this has also showed me that when you're you've got that rush of endorphins so you maybe you've got done with a workout use those moments while you still got that endorphin high to do some productive things you may want to just go sit on the couch watch tv or nap or something but you could use that that time to do productive things and it's really easy to justify hey i'll do that later but eventually those endorphins will, will run out or will, will fade away and then you'll, you'll finally sort of hit the wall. Something I was just, yeah, wrote down that we can always say that we, again, just telling you this is random. You can take a checklist of what you value and you can even cite it. Hey, I value church and my marriage and my kids and, and work. And then you can sort of think through that. And again, this is not... not unique to me and none of this stuff is but i'm trying to highlight some of these useful tips i've found from others take that list of value and then bump it up against your checking account and see okay i say i value this is that where all my resources go or are they going more towards food and entertainment and vacations and um and these other things so i think where you spend your money is going to show you what what you value all right, finally, John Acuff, he started to do some podcasts, but I've talked about going to his Quitter conference, and then I read his book, Quitter. So he talks about a fishbowl example. Whenever the, the fish are swimming in that fishbowl, you're going to sort of act like those same fish. So make sure you're in the right fishbowl. Um, I think somebody else said, 
you're going to become like the five people you hang out with. So if you're going to hang out with some high achievers, you will have more likelihood to, to achieve more. Uh, he encouraged me to procrastinate on the important things or, um, or instead, when I'm trying to do the important things, I'll find it more likely I procrastinate. So maybe that's making the bed or unloading the dishwasher because I know I need to record this podcast or work on something that's that's more important. There's also the advantage of just starting out. So that can take the pressure off of us. So we can feel more free to make mistakes. So we may say, hey, oh, I wish I was so far down the road. I had this big audience. Instead, take advantage of this time to work on our craft and make some mistakes now while we don't have that big audience and it's not going to be as big of a, a blow to our ego because, hey, there's not many people watching, so not many people are going to find out about it. It's not going to go on the, the nightly news of our mistake. He encouraged in Quitter to that each of our next jobs should help us take a step forward towards our dream job. So we, he realizes in our dream job, it's never even going to be 100% of us doing the only thing we dream about doing. But hopefully each step we take in our career will increase the percentage of time that we're doing what we love. I believe you want to have a chance to use your skills to make a difference. To do that, it'd be helpful to have a resource of the top tools. And that's sort of what we went back to at the beginning when we talked about having the right tool for the job. You want that right tool for the job. And the problem is there are too many experts and too much information out there with millions of solutions. There's books, podcasts, videos, masterclasses, tips and tricks, the five best ways, the, the top 10 can make us feel futile on even starting on the right thing. With the incredible access we have to information today, I find it's a shame for us to, to, to for that noise to stop us from starting on something. So I know what it's like, and that's why I've listened to these podcasts, read these books, and I've consolidated this list of, of resources for us to start with. So from here, first, go to the episode notes on iTunes, then try a tool or two, and then third, you can start to see a bright path to, to continue on. So go to those episode notes so you can stop waiting around to try to do something, and instead, you can find real traction with some proven solutions. So now I encourage you to continue the journey to get things done leverage these tools and let's keep on learning from those others that are taking this journey alongside us thanks everybody and if you want to connect with me find me on linkedin or tweet me at j owen miller music from this episode is from luke pigott you can find luke on Bandcamp. thank you for listening to entire pursuit where I believe we can dislodge doubt through engagement, uncovering inherent value.